speech is any expression that vilifies an identifiable group. A race, religious community or sexual minority, for example, and thus prompts harm to the members. Even free speech advocates agree that hate speech requires special handling, especially when aimed against minorities too weak to counter it. However, discussions on this subject often lose focus. Newsmakers are less conscious or perhaps more confused about their responsibilities in covering the subject and tend to reproduce hate speech. This is partly because the issues are genuinely complex and not amenable to simple ethical formulas. So after the huge refugee crisis in Greece, the most interesting thing to do is observe and understand the way media are covering the issue and the way hate speech is involved throughout Europe. Welcome to The Undocumented, a part-time project which aims to give a full-time voice to the voiceless. In this episode, we are approaching and concentrating on a controversial issue. It could not be any other than the media landscape and its involvement with the hate speech nowadays. Nick Paleologos offers a view from the inside. He is a photo reporter working for Souk Agency, but he's also having cooperations with Al Jazeera and other outlets worldwide. Nick was there when boats full of people were landing in the Greek land and has been covering the refugee crisis in Greece since 2015, when the big influx started. It was a humanitarian crisis, uh, as boats with people, fleeing war, passing through borders, being harassed by smugglers, staying in incredibly bad uh, in, in bad places, in camps. And after this shock, they came through with a boat, by boat, through the Aegean Sea, and landed in an unknown land. So it was a humanitarian crisis for sure. But the coverage was impressively huge. Uh, even small newspapers from all around the country and all around Europe and all around the world uh, landed together with the boats in the source, uh, and also in the camps in Idomeni, also in the Balkan route, we, ca- we could see thousands of reporters, hundreds of photographers, hundreds of cameramen doing documentaries, documenting the whole crisis. So you couldn't hide this under the rug for sure. Greeks, as being Greek, and Turkish uh, colleagues covered it extensively, uh, especially on the part Uh, that had to do with our countries, and especially Greece, being a, a transit uh, point, uh, was covered from the islands to the camps in the mainland, the, the stagnants in the mainland, and then the camps in the north, and then the passing to the next country. Um, it started as a shock for everyone, uh, also us. We didn't experience something like this before, Uh, so imagine the, the whole structure of society having to cope with this new, new deal, let's say, this new <laughs> normality in a way. Um, the deal with that specific uh, action from the government or the officials who run the camps was like when you have something new, 
you don't have a problem to show it around. When, but when things started to become ugly in there, like we even had uh, rumors of cholera in uh, Idomeni, uh, police barricades, you needed like three or four different um, accreditations to enter a camp. Uh, so all of a sudden, we become the intruder in these places. And um, some media got bored. Really, this is <laughs> the exact word. They're like, no, we're not going to push more enough. And, uh, but most of the reporters who wanted to cover, they, they did. They didn't care. We didn't care about uh, accreditation, accreditation anymore. And um, there were like accreditations for 45 minutes to cover the unofficial camp of uh, Elenico, which was an official camp, actually. <laughs> uh, but you needed to get accreditation from the ministry, which doesn't make sense because it's something, I don't know, like Kafkaesque or something. Uh, it's always about propaganda. Uh, using uh, the exact same dialectics on refugees, like they are Muslims and they are coming to destroy our Christian society. And they are going, they don't, they hate the women, they're women, they hate their women. And uh, they are, when whoever comes from Morocco is uh, someone who is going to steal from you. And all of a sudden this thing becomes again the norm, as they did back in the 20s with the Greeks who came from Turkey, from Minor Asia, and it's the same story again and again. Uh, through the new, the new means of, uh, of media, let's say, uh, like for example a podcast is a new means, <laughs> uh, also the social media and they had a, a louder voice and uh, there were and due to the fact that as i told before this came as a shock people reacted as being in a shock so they overdid it in a way they overreacted to some parts and out of this overreaction came media that had to do only reporting with about and with refugees uh, in means of integration, I met so many people in Domeni. There was also a radio station in Domeni run by uh, refugees there. And uh, we helped on the infrastructure also of this. Uh, so their voice was far louder through social media and uh, they had more opportunities than ever before. Uh, for example, the, the Balkan Wars, uh, the 90s, didn't have such coverage. And we are talking about Europeans. Okay, there's also, there's always a, an undercover racism, let's say. Uh, even this war hasn't been covered as not the war, the flink of refugees hasn't been covered as much as now. Uh, because now everyone got a camera, everyone has a mobile phone. Even a mobile phone can be a super tool, let's say. Day one was day one of the universe, but because this is something that happens since forever, people fling. <laughs> That's how countries become countries. That's how borders become borders. That's how wars work. And now, with our super means of <laughs> uh, information, uh, we covered this. Uh, it, it started as people walking people coming out of boats, people in stress, people in shock. And now, and then we, want, we went to people uh, staying in a place for 
I don't know how much, how long, uh, which showed another image of people getting bored of their lives here, there, wherever. And now we are in the point of integration, let's say. Uh, now we can get the full story. We don't know the next day. The next day is going to be maybe people integrating fully in a society and then they disappear, they become one with the society. Every, everyone has a story. They have a story from bombs falling over them, destroying their lives forever, fleeing, blah, blah, blah. This, for us, who we are like privileged Europeans, Westerners, in a way, uh, our stories on, the, on their own. And um, even the narrative and the storytelling of these stories is becoming something it has to become something really, really important in history books. Visually, uh, photographers and videographers covered mostly women and children, visually. But as means of storytelling, yeah, the, it's like a, an analogy of like one out of 50 or maybe more. Uh, and this has to do with their fear on showing the, themselves and their fear of their own families maybe, but this is something that again varies from area to area. There's no, there's no normal. Uh, there are some ethics that we had to follow and we have to follow and we always did. Me maybe, but I don't know the rest. <laughs> but most of my colleagues, all of my colleagues did that. And um, I don't know it's, if it's about safeguarding. There was always a positive image in order to, from mostly the more open-minded media, uh, we try to push a more op positive uh, image of the whole situation. Not like the action per se, I mean the people. The people who came here, we had to hug them in some ways. And um, through this, they, the media tried to not push a bad agenda, but there was always the black ships of the other side. Uh, they used this against anyone. Uh, I had to respect, we had to respect the people we are interviewing, we had to respect their needs, we had to respect their privacy, of course, because imagine living in a camp, you never get any privacy. So imagine having more people attacking you with this lack of privacy. And um, we tried to, for example, I, I, I chose not to do interviews uh, amidst the, the rest of the camp. I, I, I always took them on the side, hiding them in a way, in order not to bring them in a... to, to feel like they are watching them. And because camps are societies, they are small societies with any kind of people. So you need to be educated culturally, culturally even at a Wikipedia level, not deeply, you don't, you're not a sociologist, you're not an anthropologist, you're not <laughs> Levi-Strauss or something, but respect, and these are the means for respect. You know who your subject is, you know their hometowns, you know what language they speak. Uh, again, in the same camp in central Greece, uh, there was a teacher, uh, she was there for from a program from the government, and she didn't know that people from Afghanistan and Iran are not Arabs. So she's like, I, 
speak some words in Arab and they don't understand. Like, yeah, they're from Afghanistan, they don't speak Arab. If they do, they did it on themselves. It's, it's not something that comes in with the area of descent. And it's like, ah, oh, really? People from Afghanistan are not Arabs? Like, you're a teacher. <laughs> okay, this is impossible to do. <laughs> so people had to educate themselves. I did. Most of my colleagues did. This is the only way, I guess. We really appreciate Nick Paleologos for his time. We've heard so many stories from inside the field which actually mentally moved us there. We also thank once again all of you for listening to our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and let us know what you think about our podcast. Your opinion matters. The Undocumented is produced as part of the Silence Hate Project by Media Diversity Institute supported by the European Commission.